And what is going on, everyone? Welcome back to a podcast about New York sports. Matt, we don't get a second to sleep here. As much as we wanted this to be all about the Super Bowl and all about, you know, this potential matchup, or not potential matchup, this matchup we have looking forward to this weekend, the NBA swoops in at the last second. And not only we thought it was, you know, one thing with the Kyrie thing, it's a whole nother thing with Kevin Durant. Kevin Durant gets his wish, and as soon as Kevin, as soon as soon Kyrie Irving asked out, Kevin Durant, not too far behind. That kicked off a flurry of trades that happened at the NBA trade deadline, as well as one very significant hockey trade that does affect a local team that Matt will definitely speak to. Um, but yeah, Super Bowl week weekend, uh, we'll have our picks later on in the show. Definitely wanted to get to some basketball first. Uh, Matt, you definitely also wanted to mention this Rangers trade. Let me hear it. Yeah, uh, so the Rangers trade for just uh, an absolute sniper in uh, Vladimir Tarasenko. We kind of all knew that they were going to do something. Uh, you know, Patrick Kane was a guy on the radar for a long time. I would even, I would go as far as to say that I think Tarasenko's a, a better fit. Uh, this is a legitimate first-line threat on the right wing along with Panarin and Zibanejad, and that's a, that's a scary line, those three guys. That That's, like, that's a lead offense And right didn't there. they just trade for who's it Bo Horvat from was it the Sabres this is testing that's, my uh, knowledge that's the Islanders oh. but that was that close, was good yeah, that was good that 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 was a that was a big move for the Islanders too um <laughs> but uh this Vladimir Tarasenko he's a guy who's already won a Stanley Cup uh with St. Louis just a few short years ago he played really well in that series so it's a guy who's been there before uh, this kind of helps you keep the kid line together. Now you get to finally bump Jimmy VC off the first line, and you know he's a nice player, but you know he's not a first line scorer or anything like that. Uh, so this is a win for the Rangers. I think Chris Drury has done a great job, and uh, yeah, I, I think this is a great fit. The, the Rangers are different from, let's say, the Knicks right now in terms of you know when the Knicks make a move like they just made that we'll get into. It's kind of like. They're just kind of staying afloat, building block by block until they can eventually become um, a real contender. This Ranger team is already really good. Uh, this is a solidified playoff team, and they think they have a chance to win it all. So I, this is a huge So move. a couple questions again. As you can obviously tell, my hockey knowledge is very limited. You kind of already started to do this, but would this be the equivalent of like you know a really good NBA team trading for an amazing three-point shooter? Okay, yes. that's what I'm, yeah. I'm equating it's it not, to. It, right, it's not it's not the equivalent of like let's get a Durant, um, but no, I mean this is this is one of the best offensive players in the game. And so, so now, do you do you feel obviously you feel more confident in the Rangers now? But do you think? And obviously, you said they were a good team prior, but does this truly make them a real contender? Yeah, I think so because I think that they were. Like, I don't want to completely overrate this trade or anything like that, but I think they were already uh, right on the cusp of contention. So if you were already a believer that they had a chance to win it all, this is a, you know, this is a good team. You bring in a guy who scores at will, uh, yeah, I, I would say they have a shot. Good to hear. We'll definitely be, uh, definitely be following that. Now, did the Devils do anything? When is the NHL trade deadline? I don't even know. Well, what, what the what the Devils did was they just lost their best player for an extended period of time. I saw Jack Hughes is out, Hughes. yeah. Yeah, uh, but like you, the Islander trade that that that's another big one. So, uh, yeah, local hockey's good right yeah. now. It's it's kind of we gotta strange. we gotta have uh, your buddy on again from the Liberty Blue Plot to to come on yeah, and just give us a you know just a checkup, especially now maybe get some yeah. his reaction. So 
We'll look for yeah, that. Well, post deadline. Right now, I want to hear your reaction to, or what were, you, what was your first reaction to finding? I, I would say wake up, but you're often you find yourself up at like four thirty in the morning sometimes, just a miserable sleep schedule. What was your reaction yeah. <laughs> to the Kevin Durant trade as soon as you saw it? I was up, and shocking. it was kind of I, I, yeah. The thing is, I don't want to call this move shocking because I, I guess. Once Kyrie was out, and we already knew Durant was gone after this season anyway. Uh, but once Kyrie was out, uh, I, I I don't know. I was I don't want to say I was expecting uh, Durant to be the next shoe to drop, but the notification just popped on my phone that it was done already. This wasn't even like we didn't really hear much about it prior. So in that regard, it was a little bit surprising. Well, let me let me backtrack you there because. Uh, you said we haven't heard about it much prior. We did, however, not in recent weeks. If you remember when right. they, both of the Kyrie and KD first asked for a trade, one of his preferred spots yep. was the Phoenix Suns. And all reports that I saw was that as soon as Kyrie asked out, that it was the first phone call the Nets made was, hey, you still want him kind of thing to the Suns. Well, sorry. They, mm-hmm. they made sure Kevin Durant still wanted to go there. And I, apparently they've been working with, Kevin Durant's team, uh, I saw, I think it was Jacques Vaughn, maybe. I don't know who reported this, but um, they said that they had been having biweekly conversations with Durant and his team, like ownership and and coaching from with the Nets, which is like a crazy thing to think about. Like they're they're checking in on their star and saying, hey, Kevin, welcome to Happy Wednesday. You sure you want to be on the team still? It's like a weird kind of thing to think about. But um, look, end of the day, the NBA is a crybaby league. And if you cry enough, sometimes you'll just get what you want. Um I think Kyrie got what he wanted. Kevin Durant got what he wanted. What What do you say about some of the comments that Kyrie made? I, I'm not sure if you saw that post game press conference he gave about uh, when he yeah. spoke about you know oh I'm happy he got out of there or something to that extent. What did you take yeah. that as? It's ridiculous, man. Like oh, I'm I'm so I'm just glad he got it. They act like like working in Brooklyn was a sweatshop. Yeah, you're right. Really, like what? What was the what was the issue? You got everything you wanted. They moved heaven and earth for you. They fired multiple like, a times. pair of coaches multiple for times. You. Yeah, it's, it, I, I'm so sick of listening to Kyrie Irving speak. I really am. I I, I thought the same thing. I I mean, sometimes it's just like you don't need to say anything. He just has to be that guy. He has to. Yeah. It's like he's he's just addicted to just ruffling feathers. Yeah. I I think so. I honestly start to think so too. But I also just think that he has such like. I wouldn't even say like high morals because he's definitely like a. I think he's a smart. I really. I mean, me and you might disagree with this. I think he's a, a brilliant guy. Just like the way he. He's not. He's not. Yeah, dumb. I mean, the way he speaks and just like what he speaks on and like I don't know. Sometimes you can just tell by the way a person speaks, or maybe I'm being thrown off right. by it. But he sounds like no, he's no, no. You're not. This, this isn't. This isn't like. Uh, this isn't like Kayvon Thibodeau, where it's like, oh, this guy's just dumb yeah. as rocks. Like Kyrie's not that. He's just. He just has to be that yeah. guy. Um, but but look, what what have we been saying about the Nets? Their this entire tenure of this uh, big three, big two, then turn big three, and then back to big two, and then big one. I guess what did we say? All they wanted to do was play basketball, and I think honestly, like yeah, they were the they were the root of a lot of this this these issues in regards to not being able to just play basketball. But they got what they wanted, and now it looks like they're just playing basketball. Uh, so it's going to be remain this PC. And I mean, the the I think the misnomer about this whole thing is that the Nets are in a, a shit place. I don't think so. I think the Nets team is like, yeah, obviously they're not as good as they were. I'm not going to sit here and say that it was a insignificant move. Anytime you get rid of two arguably top 20 players in NBA history, it's never going to be good. But you get a guy like Mikael Bridges, you have Cam Thomas, Nick Claxton, a shit ton of picks. They're going to be an interesting team to watch. They have some 
definitely some guys on the team that – I mean, Ben Simmons is now the star there. But they have some guys on the team that have some decent upside. And I think around the NBA, people are going to be watching this this Nets team and saying, like, let's see what they try and do. Because you can make an argument that they're, they're, they have a lot of pieces that only really need a good star and facilitator to make them somewhat viable. Um yeah, you would say right now they're probably what maybe five hundred, slightly above. Yeah, they're they're like an club. average NBA team, but they don't also don't have their star, their highest paid player is a joke in Ben Simmons. So I mean, he but really also is. too, that's another thing. If I'm a Net fan, right? If 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 I sit here and obviously I'm probably sad as hell that Kyrie and KD get traded, but I'm watching this team and like maybe this brings out another side of Ben Simmons. You know, maybe you put the ball in Ben Simmons' hands a lot and he starts facilitating to guys like Spencer Dinwiddie and Joe Harris last night went off. He had like 18 points in a quarter or something like that. Um, I don't think not to pick on Ben Simmons, but like, do you ever just watch him on the floor and he like, just feel like he just looks like he doesn't know what he's doing. So I don't know if I'm high on Ben Simmons at all, but like, I think he's just like, he, he has his bad rap around him. Like people just need to realize that he's never going to be able to shoot. He's never going to be able to to you know be a threat at the free throw line or anything. But you know you get the ball in his hands. He's a great passer. He's an elite defender that can guard one through five. And you know you you run him at the one as a as an oversized guard that can distribute and then place like you know set a screen or two. I think he's a good piece to have. I mean, I thought that this could have worked the KD Kyrie Ben Simmons thing if they were all healthy and only could play basketball. I I thought it could work, but. Uh, I, I think I think people are too low on Ben Simmons. I'm giving him another. I'm giving him the rest of the season to kind of try and prove it to me. I'll say. So, what do you think the Nets do with? Because they kind of, like you said, they they kind of recouped a lot of that. Uh, a lot of that, I guess. Like they they brought in some pieces, but all those picks that they get that they kind of gave away with the James Harden trade, they recoup all that in the NBA today. Don't you feel like that's like in the NFL, when you get a bunch of picks, that's great, right? You're going to draft this guy. You're going to draft that guy. If you're the Nets, don't you just think you're just going to retool and just try to trade those picks for, for stars? Isn't that just kind of the way to win now? It, it Very much so. And I think that what the Nets have done is they they have really set themselves up to, A, replenish all their assets they had they had got rid of from the Harden trade. And B, you're right. I mean, what do we see this entire deadline? The The theme of this deadline was, First of all, five second-round picks, I think, were traded about seven times. It was almost a – I thought it was a joke at, at a one point. Um, but a lot of times you see, you know, a wing plus a pick can get you a good player or a wing plus a pick can get you a better pick. And the Nets are just loaded with, like, wing guys, these fringe, like, rotational, could-be six-man, could-be starter guys uh, that, aren't, that aren't stars. But, you know, you come to next trade deadline, if you just keep your head, of, head afloat – you might be able to move one or two of these guys with, you know, one or two future pick to get that next, you know, disgruntled superstar that you think can take you to the next level. I'm, I'm holding out hope for the Nets. I really am. I think that they're in a good spot right now, especially after watching Cam Thomas drop. I didn't even see what he, he scored last night, but he dropped 40 in a row back-to-back games. Uh was pretty impressive. It almost made it seem like, you know, they they were putting the, the all the chips in Cam Thomas's hands. But I digress. I think both of these situ- – all three, I'll say – the Kyrie situation in Dallas, the Kevin Durant situation in Phoenix, and then the Nets situation in Brooklyn are all going to be TBD for me. Uh, I think Kevin Durant obviously has the highest stakes. He's going to a team where if he doesn't win, it is a huge disappointment, I think. They are the odds-on favorite to win. Um, actually, no, they're second highest, I believe. I think the, the Celtics are the favorites to win as of right now. Um, but again, that's a super team. Uh, Chris Paul, 
Kevin Durant, Devin Booker, they kept DeAndre Ayton, who in all the rumors I saw, all they all the Nets wanted in the offseason for Kevin Durant was I want DeAndre Ayton or hang up the phone. And for the Nets for the uh sorry, the Suns to not only get new ownership, but get new ownership and on literally the first day of their new ownership trade for Kevin Durant and be able to keep DeAndre Ayton. I mean, it couldn't have been a better first day. So I think I'm it's everything is TBD right now. Um, one thing yeah. I'll say, kind of transitioning over to the Knicks and the rest of the trade deadline. Yeah, before, before you do that, though, I did. I, I wanted to touch on Kevin Durant a little. bit. I wanted to get into a deeper conversation okay, yeah, just about Kevin Durant. By the way, I thought it was for the twenty twenty eight pick swap. I thought it was funny what Ryan said when he was like, "Swap seventh graders with me right now." You yeah, got a deal. it is. It is a funny way to look at it. <laughs> but even if he goes to Phoenix and wins. And Kevin Durant can tell us all he wants about how he doesn't care about his legacy and he just wants to ball, whatever. Does it really matter? Like, this is, he's been on two teams where it was his squad. The Nets, I mean, he practically built that team and it didn't work out. And then he goes to Golden State and, you know, obviously he was the best player on that team. They win a couple rings. Even if he goes to Phoenix and wins, who cares? In terms of just his legacy. So, so this is what I'll say. I think that before this trade, Kevin Durant was deemed as like, He's he's him. Like he's a star that you'll build around. But when he's been the only star that you've built around, it's it hasn't worked. Obviously he was young in no. Oklahoma City, ran into a juggernaut in LeBron in the finals with Oklahoma City. Nothing you can do about that. That's just LeBron was it, arguably the greatest player at that time when he went against Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook. Can't do anything he about definitely that. Was. Then he leaves and goes yeah. to Golden State. You said he was the best player. I'm gonna argue and say that Steph Curry was the it was Steph Curry's team and Durant was just a passenger that just really was just playing with house money at that point because I think it was Curry's team, but I think like Durant was like the guy. Like he was the best player on the floor. So that, you don't agree no, with that? No, I disagree because I think there's a big distinction between being the guy because I think Steph Curry was the guy. But I think Kevin Durant was maybe the most talented guy, but everything ran through Steph Curry and on that team. Uh, everything still runs through Steph Curry on the team. We, that's an argument for another okay. day where it's just splitting hairs. But I mean I think what I'm trying to say in the long in a in a long form is I think you're right. It doesn't really matter. This doesn't really matter towards Kevin Durant's legacy because, and I think he knows that almost because he, he's been, he's said in multiple instances, he's like, I just want to ball and win. Like, I don't care about, you know, he's not chasing ghosts. Like LeBron was chasing Jordan, right? He might end up if, if he stays in Phoenix for the next five years and they end up being the next NBA dynasty. Maybe he does end up in that conversation with, um, you know, a man of rings and whatnot, but uh, I think he's just forever going to be that guy that was so good, but just couldn't was not at the LeBron level. Because obviously he's going to be yeah. compared to LeBron his whole career. It just has to be. They're the one A and one B for both of their whole careers almost. So yeah, I, I mean I don't know. I, I said one thing I will rim hang on, and I think I don't even know if I've even introduced my my infamous take to this podcast audience, but. I was the first person to come out and say when, you know, I think it was the summer of 2018 when Kyrie and KD were the free agents of the free agents to be had. And I said, I was literally on freezing cold takes. I said, I want no part of this. Don't want any, if KD means Kyrie, I want no part of it. And people call me crazy. People call me this. People call me that. People said, I don't know basketball. Uh, maybe I don't know basketball. What I do know is I know a lot of things that go into basketball that don't have to do with basketball. And I think that, that is a huge thing that people kind of uh, really is very undersung. And you see this in the trade deadline now, right? Like we didn't hear any stories about, you know, any ruptures in the, in the locker room of the Lakers. 
Then it's trade deadline day, and all of a sudden, Russell Westbrook is quote-unquote a vampire. And Thomas Bryant, quote-unquote, was furious and requested a trade when AD got back because his minutes were, were uh, faltering. Like, we, there's a lot of stuff in the NBA that we don't hear that kind of like it's on us to put those pieces together. And I think that I, me personally, at that time when Katie and Kyrie were the free agents, I put the piece together myself and I said, look, I don't want to add Katie and Kyrie to the Kevin Knox uh blank center blank shooting guard that they would it would have been worse imagine imagine what this would have happened if this was in Madison Square Garden all of this it would have been amplified times a hundred so I wonder how much differently it would have been since it would have been just so I think it would have been worse I mean obviously the fallacy the predetermined outcome we can't say everything was good be the same but I mean you're the Knicks you're on you know the world's biggest stage in Madison Square Garden and it's just natural that it's going to be amplified uh and I well, I, I just mean like I wonder how much differently it would have actually oh. panned out. Like with all, with that much more noise, like I, I think they're probably out of New York earlier. I I think I agree. I think they don't make it. If everything holds the same and they're in blue and orange instead of black and white, I think that they are not. They don't start the season on the the Knicks this year, this past yep. year. I mean, obviously, hard to say who would do the Knicks. They'll sign Brunson, Randall. What happens? Obviously. So many layers that go into that. It's very loosey-goosey. But um, let's talk about the Knicks now that we're, we're kind of on them. They make a, you know, kind of a whatever move to me. I think it's being a little blown out of the water how cool. It's, nice a, it's a decent trade. But, like, you know, Josh Hart is nice. But I would have been way more excited about uh, about getting a guy like OG Ananobi, a guy like Zach Levine. I know a lot of Knicks Nick fans weren't happy when they saw rumors that the Knicks were, were engaging with the Bulls on Zach Levine. I I think they're crazy. I think that Zach Levine is a would be a perfect fit here, but is a three point shooter, shot creator, and can jump out of the gym. Maybe he doesn't play defense the best, but hey, if the other four guys are going to be stud defenders, uh, then I think he would have fit perfectly well here. The next trade, um, trade get rid of Cam Reddish. I think that was that was right. a given. It's, yeah. it's nothing. You didn't lose. You, well, you did lose your pick this year, which no, no, no. I mean, with Cam Reddish, like, it's like that's just a. Lie. It was basically Josh Hart for a pick. Which, Josh Hart, I'll say, uh, Villanova teammates with Jalen Brunson. I'm sure a lot of people have seen the video of Jalen Brunson finding out about uh, Josh Hart being being traded to the Knicks. He was very hyped. That's going to be a cool thing. I'm a a big believer, again, a lot of stuff off the court that goes on to in the court. I'm a big believer in, like, just the morale of this team with Villanova ties. And, you know, Josh Hart's apparently a big Thibodeau guy. I think he just it increases his overall a little bit when he comes here, and to put it in two K terms. Um, but he's a great rebounding two guard. I, it's maybe, maybe the best rebounding guard. Yeah, in the he, league. he's he's he really does. I mean, you you'll see. Nick fans will soon see that. I mean, Josh Hart he'll shoot it with the his first intent. Obviously, is it to go in, but his a lot of times you see guys shoot it and just kind of sit there. He shoots it and he's like darting at it. It's it's kind of really fun to watch. Like fundamentally, he's a, he's a very aggressive player, and uh, it'll be exciting to see. My biggest concern is who does it take minutes away from? And I'll I'll kick that to you and what you're what you think about that. But I want to tie it together with my next point, which is apparently they they had callers on Obi Toppin, and from all reports I saw, is their price is way too high on Obi Toppin. So. Does he take does he take minutes away from even more minutes away from Obi? Does he take minutes away from Miles McBride? Uh, does he take? I mean, Mitchell Robinson's still out, but the Knicks have been going with a nine man rotation of late. Did they extend that to ten? Uh, does this affect? Does, does this mean even uh, even RJ Barrett's minutes have gone down of recent? Uh, 
who does how does Josh Hart end the game? There's only so many minutes to be had. But if they if they love Obi Toppin the way that they do, wouldn't you think that you you can't take him off the floor? You you would think so, but I mean, with, at the way Julius Randle's playing, and now Jer- they love Jericho Sims and his defense. Those are two guys that play very similar positions, or three guys that play somewhat similar positions. It's tough. I, I mean, I don't think Josh Hart really directly affects Obi Toppin, but indirectly, I think it does. And I think Obi's very skilled. His per thirty six every year is is very good. I think McBride's probably out of the rotation. Yeah, I, I, that's a, that would be my initial thought. It's like they kind of got their taste of McBride, and I wouldn't be stunned to see him come in like late in a game and like a blowout or you know on a back to back even getting some minutes. He's definitely a good player, and another guy that the Knicks have taken calls on that I saw reports that they were even like no way they were trading Miles McBride. They love him, uh, and so that'll be it'll be remain to be seen. I, I'll say this: I think the Knicks are definitely in a good spot. I like their roster right now. Um, Let's see, getting off the Knicks, going around the league. You and I both love LeBron. Congratulations to LeBron, uh, all-time scoring scoring leader. Uh, it's, it, I mean, it's incredible just, you know, breaking down his career. I actually saw a um, a graphic on ESPN that was they, – they broke down – I'll send it to you if you didn't see it, but they broke down all his points based on I how much, based yeah. on the different jerseys he wore. And then they broke it down based on if he was wearing a headband, if he was wearing an armband, compression shorts – it was just a fun little stupid thing, but I thought it was I thought it was pretty cool. I like cool. the one I like the one where like it's like from everywhere that he scored on the That's floor. very cool. That that was very cool. Um but yeah, Le, I think Le GM, as many people call him, uh really just I mean, to to say it's a it's a business at the end of the day, I mean, Westbrook out, Pat Bev out, Thomas Bryant out. A week ago, those three guys were the only guys on the court for the Lakers. So um but the Lakers got better. The Lakers for sure got better. Um, they added Malik Beasley, Jared Vanderbilt, um, and then, of course, D'Angelo Russell making his Lakers return. I think they got pieces that definitely fit around LeBron and AD way better than Westbrook and Pat Bev did. Yeah, I, I would think that the, the move they really wanted to make was a Kyrie Irving. All reports said that that was, that was Windhorse has been, I think every time Windhorse opens his mouth, the first thing he says is Kyrie should be a Laker right now. But they, yeah. they, the Nets refused, and hey, look, they could have their own gripes. They probably but, still will be, by the oh, way. Oh, that's – I mean, that – I agree, but it might be a little bit difficult to maneuver salary cap-wise for the Lakers in the offseason, but can never write that off. The only problem with the Lakers getting better is a lot of teams in the West got really a lot better. I thought the Clippers had an unbelievable trade deadline. They trade for Bones Highland from the Nuggets, as well as Mason Plumley from the Hornets, who is sneakily having a great season. And if you haven't watched, you know – Next time the Clippers are on and Plumlee's in the lineup, he's like very crafty. He like he's one of those guys that like you you look at and he's like, oh, it's just Mason Plumlee. Like forget about it, and he'll make you pay. He's having a great season. He could pass, rebound, score, dream. He has some nice handles sometimes. And then they got Eric Gordon too. Uh, Eric Gordon, he's a winning player in my book. Three and D guy, big body. You can put him. He can even handle the ball a little bit. I think the Clippers got a lot better. Um, who else? Warriors get back Gary Payton the second um, for get rid of James the whole James Wiseman debacle. I don't think that was ever going to work here. Um, and honestly, looking back on it, I don't know if people remember this, but when he was drafted, that was like when people were like, "Oh my God, the Warriors had this terrible season at the perfect the perfect time because they got the greatest player in the draft, and now he amounts to nothing." So uh, it, it, it'll be, I mean, it'll be remain to be seen what, uh, James Wiseman does. I believe he went to Portland, I believe. Um, 
But Gary Payton, excited to be back. Uh, great defender. Was on the championship team with the Warriors. I think he's going to be a great piece there. Um, I don't know. Any other teams that you thought kind of were either questionable or you, you liked what they did? Anything come to mind? No. Um, I had one question I wanted to ask you about the mm-hmm. Knicks, though. You talked about Zach Levine. That's a move that you would have wanted to make, mm-hmm. right? Just when and it, this is just if all the reporting were to hold true about what was being uh, considered for Zach Levine, wasn't it way too close to what we were talking about for Donovan Mitchell, where it would have felt really stupid to give it all up for Zach Levine, but not to, the Donovan Mitchell? Well, I think that uh, you're the to answer your question. Yes, however, I don't think it was the same kind of deal. Like I think that the Donovan Mitchell trade would have been like astronomically more than whatever the uh, Zach Levine trade would have been. Although what I will say, and I just shared this on the Instagram this this morning, kind of along the lines, kind of coming around on like, do I really want RJ here? I mean, like it's been, we've spoken about the mismanagement of his minutes. Uh, Even when he gets in there now, he just like, he doesn't seem to be improving anywhere. I'd even argue that he's, he's regressing in more areas than he's progressing in. Uh, is that a Thibs thing? It's going to be remain to be seen, but um, yeah, I think we have to be, we have to be honest about about what yeah, he, he is. He's like a. I thought he was he's a two. A I thought he was a two or a three. I mean, he's like a little bit above. You know, uh, I don't know, a really good bench player, a really good. I don't even think he's a really good bench player. He's like an average two guard. Yeah, you know, I, nothing, nothing special. Um, well, I mean, again, look. There's a it is a long season. We're not even at the trade deadline just just yet. Um, I mean, sorry, not even at the All Star break just yet. Um, couple more notes around the NBA that I wanted to just get to real quick before we head on over to our our long awaited for Super Bowl picks. Um, a couple, what are you doing? Uh, the Bulls, what are you doing? <laughs> uh, they out of the East. Kevin Durant, and Kyrie get out of the East. The East gets significantly worse, and you see what the the Raptors did. The Raptors stood pat and said, "Hey." The East just got a lot worse and is wide open. We're going to take a stab at this East. Why didn't the Bulls do that? Why didn't the Bulls go, go go try and get someone? And then the other side of it, kind of a totally different argument, the Grizzlies, what are you doing? I mean, they all this talk about, you know, uh, we're, I think John Moran came out early in the year and said something like, oh, no, we're good in the West. We don't need to worry about anyone in the West. Yeah. 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 Okay there, Mr. John. The not only did the Mavericks who are above you get better, but also the Suns, not above you because of injury, but I can foresee very soon being, you know, right there with the Grizzlies. Uh, they kind of, I thought they would make a move for someone, uh, you know, getting a two guard even. I, I, I don't know. I feel like they just didn't do, do much. Uh, remain to be seen what happens there. Obviously again, long season. And then the last thing, there's a lot of buyout guys. Uh, guys, Westbrook, Serge Ibaka, John Wall, Reggie Jackson, Danny Green, Will Barton, Pat Bev, Kevin Love, question mark, Mello, multiple question marks. Uh, there's a lot of veterans out there in the buyout market that could be had by some contenders. So, I don't know. Would you like to see Mello back on the Knicks? No, come not anymore. On, there was a moment. There was a moment. There was a moment where I did. We should, by the way, we should make what do you do in a second? Yeah, I think so too. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I think. There's just some sometimes that it's like not just basketball but in all sports teams will do things or not do things and I'm like like why I feel like that was such a good move or such a good like thing for your organization like even in uh like like even in baseball right like think about baseball like 
not necessarily trades, but like more so free agency in baseball. It's like you see guys get signed to other teams, and then I, I look at another, like, you know, let's say like, I don't know, let's like the Mets, for instance. Let's just take the Mets. I'm going to bully them for a little bit. All these bullpen arms, go, 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 go. Everyone's trading for bullpen arms, and the Mets are just like, we're good. We signed Edwin Diaz. That's our that's our addition. Even the Yankees do the same thing sometimes, where it's like, yeah, we have so-and-so come back from injury. That's our addition. Like, why not yep. just get even more better? Right? It doesn't make sometimes it doesn't make sense to me. I mean, I'm sure there's a lot more that goes into it contractually and whatnot, but I digress. Um anything you wanted to add to this NBA slate versus NBA or even NHL talk before we head over to our Super Bowl preview? No. Is this Sunday, so this is the final football Friday of the year. Uh, we've submitted our picks to Mr. Robert Wonder. Uh, he'll give them to us. The score right now is 5-4 Sam. He, uh, he fought back uh, championship week, so he's up one. We're going to give our picks here. The Eagles, one and a half point favorites. Uh, there's a, a point wagering layer to this one. So, uh, Bobby, how are you doing? And, Bobby, before you give the picks... Just give me your read on this game. If you were a part of this competition, where are you going here? If I were a part of this competition, I think I'm going with the Chiefs. I think a lot coming into this game has been – I think a lot of the noise is the the Chiefs' defense, and I think that that's – I don't think it's a hole anymore. I think it's like, if anything, it's a a strength of theirs. They were a top-five defense when you look up at least PFF, and then – I think they're the most disrespected unit coming into the game. But I think it's – I expect it to be a low-scoring game just because that's the nature of the Super Bowl at least the past few years. Yep. Outside of maybe the last Eagles Super Bowl, but we'll see. So, Bobby, you seem to have the keys in your hands. You can give Matt's pick first because I feel like that definitely has more of a sway than mine does being that I'm in the lead. So the I'm floor gonna is yours. Upset. I'm going to be upset if we're both on the same team. We will start with Mr. McFeely, and he has the Chiefs plus one and a half for three points, and his point total is 49. Right, so that's just a tiebreaker right there. If somehow we still wound up tied, just a point total, whoever's closer. All right, Matt, you want to go through a little – you want to take me through that or no? Yeah, I think think Jalen Hurts at this point is more banged up than Patrick Mahomes is. His deep ball has been dreadful uh, the last however many weeks. Uh, part of me also just thinks Sam's on Philadelphia, so that was probably the the leading uh, force here. But um, no, I mean, I, I just think they've been there before; they've done it. I, I just I, I trust them more. And anytime I think a game is close, like I, I look at last year, I would have bet my life on the Rams. I was like cocky about it. This year, I really don't know where to go, so I'm just going to take the better quarterback. And I want to know what you guys think about the Jalen Hurts thing, just because like I feel like he's get a, gotten a lot of heat. Even still, like I saw like something like twenty minutes ago saying if you make Jalen Hurts play quarterback, you're gonna have a good day on defense. <laughs> I don't I don't get that disrespect to be quite honest. I think Jalen Hurts is is great to me. He, he's probably gonna win. I agree with he you. He might win the MVP. I'm with you guys. So Bobby, uh what was the allotment on that pick? That was a three point pick. A three so, point play. So if the Chiefs win, you you end up with seven points. Yeah. Correct? Interesting. All right, Bobby. 
You can uh you can name this is a, this is a curveball right here. You can this name is. my pick. For Sam's pick, he's going Chiefs plus oh. one and a half for two. Oh, so the point total really? That's so the point total to? is fifty one. So no no no. Not only the point total, remember, this is Jeopardy. So if the Eagles win and we both have to lose the amount of points we wagered, I will still win. So via the just nature of math. I'm rooting for the Eagles. Ultimately. Right, yeah. Yeah, the so, Chiefs would have to win for it to come down to the point total for me. Correct. By the nature of math. So, by the nature of math. That's the name of my next book. The uh, <laughs> Did you give my point total 51? 51, yes. 51. So, here's my thinking with the Chiefs. I kind of agree with everything Matt says. The only thing I'll say about the Eagles and kind of why I'm like, just from a betting perspective, not only just the show, I'm still kind of like really on the fence about it. Like, I don't really have much of a lean because I really think that defensive line of the Eagles might be a real, real, real issue for for the Chiefs. And not saying that's not a slight to the Chiefs at all. Chiefs can be good. The Chiefs are amazing. Obviously, I think these are the two best teams in football right here. For sure. But I think that the Eagles' defensive line is just like head and shoulders better than any other defensive line in the NFL. So it's going to be a test. Um, I think that. A couple things. I mean, I think that Patrick Holmes is 100% healthy by now. I don't think that should be any in anyone's mind of any question. Um, I also saw that the Eagles are very are not good against opposing tight ends. Uh, I have to double check on some statistics around that, but um, I I heard it some reports somewhere. Maybe it was on a podcast or something. So obviously, if you look at the Chiefs, their number one target, number one weapon, Pat uh, Travis Kelsey, plays at the tight end position. More obviously, more of a receiving tight end, but I could foresee him having a big day. I actually believe that uh, many on many sports books, Travis Kelsey to score the first touchdown is the most uh, liable uh, liable bet in the Super Bowl right now. Um, but yeah, uh, if I, now that I have to root for the Eagles, I guess I'm going to back up the Eagles a little bit. I, I almost think that they're you know top to bottom outside of Patrick Mahomes. Where where do the Eagles not have a better roster? Other than Patrick Mahomes, other than Travis Kelsey, I think every every other place on the Eagles kind of gets that. I know that obviously quarterback, it's a it's a that's really a whatever statement because quarterback's obviously the biggest. But like I think they have better outside wide receivers, they have a better offensive line, better defensive line. They have, uh, in my mind, the running backs are very very you know swappable between Miles Sanders and Isaiah Pacheco, uh, and then the secondaries. I mean, the Eagles have James Bradbury, Darius Slay who are two, you know, absolute studs on the outside. Uh, I, I think the Eagles might have a better roster, but just like McPhilly said, I, I like the Chiefs because I'd I'd be kicking myself to go against Mahomes. Yeah, I also put some stock into the fact that the Eagles had the easiest schedule in the NFL this year. Like, I'd like to see them play from behind. And their playoff run, you can throw that in there too. So they definitely did yeah. have the easiest schedule, but just from the nature of the NFC East, they also had two playoff teams that were in their division the entire year. So the, the, I don't think you can really kind of get away from that. Just, just, just throwing that out there. I like, while the rest of their schedule might've been difficult, they had some pretty, pretty big in season in conference games or in division games that, uh, I mean, they smoked the giants twice. Yeah. Two, two playoff teams of Jace. I mean, the Cowboys were a good team all year. No, I know. I'm just, I'm just making fun of the Giants. Yeah. I mean, look, I just think that... I was going to say, mean, I don't want to be a Jets shield. And I, here's another thing. I, McFeely, I said the, I said this, but I, I mean, like, a lot of people say, like, oh, yeah, the Giants were just that bad against the Eagles. 
I look at it as almost like I think the Eagles are just that good. Like I don't I don't think the Giants are as bad as you know what the Eagles did to them. I really don't. I just think the Eagles are just that good. In a in a glass half full sort of thing. So if the Chiefs win and, and Bobby's right just about the nature of the Super Bowl and low scoring, then uh I will uh, emerge victorious here. That's exciting. Yeah, wait, so so if we so yeah, if we both lose and oh if we yeah, both so, lose you win. If we both get the pick right Okay. Then it comes then, down to point total. I'm at 49 and you're at 51. Wow. Unbelievable. What a, what yeah. a two, what a two by me. That, <laughs> Bobby, that, if uh, if the Jets ever get to a Super Bowl in your lifetime, are you going to just find a way to be there no matter what? Uh, me and my dad were actually talking about this in November. He said he'd probably have to take out another mortgage on the house, but uh, and he, he probably would. Yeah. Let, let's be honest. I'm going to be honest here. This might be a scorching hot take. Super Bowl not worth it. Don't care if it was Giants Jets, just not worth no. it. No, I mean I agree. I'll watch on my. I'll watch at home by myself. I and agree. I tend to agree with you. Here's the. Here's the. Uh, I have a, a prop bet that I love. I don't. Know if you, I'm not. I don't want to put you guys in the spot. We didn't discuss this, but prop bet that I love. Uh, that I definitely want to get just put onto air. And then, do you think Aaron Rodgers watches the Super Bowl during his darkness retreat or no? No, he can't. It'll be against no, the no rules. Way. That's true. I mean, I, I don't know. What are the rule? Do you have the the darkness retreat rule book in front of you? I listened to him <laughs> talk about it. I don't have the rule book in front of me. Okay, <laughs> they're basically he's basically in like a hut by himself, and it's like it's not just like oh, it's like kind of dark in here. It's like next level darkness, where he's just gonna sit there with his thoughts for four days. And like I, like Aaron Rodgers is a nozzle, right? And I want to knock it. But I would, I would do that for two days. No, you wouldn't. I'm telling you, you wouldn't. No shot. A There's day just or no like, way. I would do it for as long as I possibly could, like before I went crazy. But I think that would be relaxing. You understand I'm all that? All Rodgers now, by the way, since the announcement of the darkness retreat. They, they it sounds like we feel he's more in on Rodgers than ever before. For sure. They, it sounds like Rodgers, like, I, like imagine just leaving. Is it? Is it this weekend that he's doing it? Yeah, I don't know exactly. Yeah, no, wait, weekend. is it really? He said by the end. Of, by the end of the weekend, he should emerge with a decision about his future, like post the Super Bowl or whatever. Bro. So it's this weekend. So this is – so on Aaron Rodgers' phone, the first two texts are to his – most likely his agent saying, who won the Super Bowl? I'm going to the Jets or I'm going to the Raiders. Isn't that just nuts to think about? <laughs> no, what's, what's actually going to happen is he's going to emerge from the darkness and we're all going to say, all right, Aaron, like what's, that, it gonna man. Be, what, what's it going to be? And he's going to be like, you know what? I'm still having trouble. I'm going to spend a week in orbit right around Mars yeah. <laughs> and I'll let you guys know around mid March. Yeah. That there, there you go. Uh, this, I, when I heard that, I thought he was like, sometimes like when I didn't like really like know how weird of a guy he was, I almost thought he was like, it was like a bit that he was doing. And, and then I re- slowly started to realize that it was not a bit. And he's really just like, is he there with anyone else? I'm very, very no. curious about no, that. You, I think I think other people might be in their own huts or whatever, but there's no, like, contact. You're by yourself. That's like, like a point, trailer apparently. park of huts for, like, darkest retreats? <laughs> just like a resort kind of thing? Yeah where, yeah, where is this? Is this, like, in the middle of, like, Brooklyn? Or, like, yeah. where, is in the middle of, like, the Redwood Forest? I, mean, I don't, I don't understand. I've never, I, I didn't look into doing one. I just listened to the same interview that you guys did. I think, and Bobby, you could hold us to it. Next Super Bowl, this little like pick 'em thing we did, the loser has to spend a day in a darkness retreat. That's good. That's good. <laughs> That's That's like, tw- like 24 hours, but I don't know how you would regulate it though. We have w- to set up I'll like a right ring now, camera. I wouldn't be able to do it. You couldn't do one day. I, I think an hour would be hard. Bro, pitch black. 
Is this like an, like a phone addiction thing, or is this no, just this like you, nothing, you're afraid of the dark? This has nothing One to hour. do with my phone. This has nothing to do with my phone. <laughs> I just, you know, being there for an hour, and then at the, at the end of that hour saying, gee, I got 20, 23 more of these to do nothing. Literally can't even see my hands. I uh, would let I would let you take like a bottle of Nyquil with you. That so that I feel like that's cheating. No, so that I would that <laughs> I sign it, up for. But it's a little bit cheating, cheese, but, but um, all right. So so darkness retreat next year. Uh, so I guess I'm rooting for the Eagles. Um, I guess I'll I'll end this by saying my favorite prop bet. I just wanted to get this into air. James Bradbury to have an interception. I'm good. I didn't even look at the odds. <laughs> I was looking at some numbers, looking at some positional things on some some spray charts. I I have a hunch. I'm liking James Bradbury to get a, get an interception here. You guys should both take your guy to score a touchdown. Who's my guy? Who's the talk of the fantasy league this year, Canarius oh, Tony. Uh, Tony, <laughs> is he, isn't he like a game time decision? No, I, apparently, I saw a report the other day that they have a lot in for him. Whatever oh. that means. Kadarius Tony MVP, lock it in. Bobby, you won't hear the end of it. <laughs> I love background. Bobby's uh, I love Bobby sorry to cut you off. I love Bobby's yeah. like NFL shirt game that he's got going you on. Like yeah. Show me show me the Andy Reid uh, graphic logo <laughs> tee you have on there. This is one of my favorites. <laughs> yeah, I, I, see, I don't I really I don't know what would be harder to find that shirt or where to go for a darkest retreat. <laughs> you, probably go, you can probably Google it. No, I, I like that punishment though, and now I'm upset that we didn't do it for this year. Uh, I'm okay. I mean, I'm, we I'm not confident. aware of the existence of one. So. I'm confident. I'm, I mean, my odds, I think right now, just given the numbers are quite high. So, uh, that's a great really, fantasy league punishment too. I it would is. say like the odds are in your favor, but if the chiefs win, I probably win. I would think. Why? It's a separation of what? Two points. What was your number? Yeah, but 49. But if it stays under, then but, but the, the odds that, that it's 49 wins. or lower are probably greater than it being 51 or higher. So you're, Wait, you're, what happens if there's 50 points? Or, or no. Yeah, I would... Okay, so there is there is two points in between. All right. If it goes 50, Sam wins, I think. Oh, no, no. So, yeah, there's only two points of separation. So if there's 50, am I just... Is this, like, the price is right? And I'm just screwed because... I would, How would that work? I think that we should... Or you would be, because you went over in that regard. How would, how would this go? I mean, that's an if if there's 50 points scored, I think we should both. If it, hold on, if the <laughs> yeah. Chiefs if the Chiefs win and there's a 50 it's 50 points scored, we both go on a darkness retreat. How about no, that? No, I think I think we like fight to the death and put in. <laughs> no, alive. no, realistically, in my in the most liberal way possible, I think if there's 50 <laughs> points scored and the Chiefs win, we again the stakes are if Matt wins, he pays for the Yankees giveaway that we do. If I win. I pay for the Met giveaway that we do on the podcast page. I think if there's 50 points scored and the Chiefs win, we do both. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. Is that is that fair? Yeah. Sounds about right. Cool. All right. So, uh, Bobby, thank you for holding on to those picks. We have an interesting weekend ahead of us. Uh, hope, you, hope you guys both enjoy the game as well as all of our listeners. What are you guys doing um, for it? Anything? Unsure. I'm not a big, like, party guy. Like, I'm not either. Super Bowl party. I think a, the Super Bowl party is dead at this point. I feel like it's not really a thing anymore. Yeah. Well, McFeely, remember what I said on our last episode about how, like, oh, what do you think is the most annoying sport to talk to people that clearly just don't know what they're talking about? It's the Super Bowl Sunday of football. Yeah, that, that would be yeah. my 1A. Like, people just there to be there and don't know what's going on. Like, like the worst is when you have to, like, explain what's going on. Like, it's like third and five with a minute left in the fourth, and it's like, why don't they just kick the field goal? Well, because da 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 da. Like, that's, there's nothing that irks me more than that. I'd rather someone ask a question than 
someone like pretend to have a conversation like they know what they're talking about. Yeah, it's actually it's, it's also explain. annoying. It's also annoying to be around certain people who do understand the game because every two seconds they have to be like, "Yeah, oh, you got you got to go for it here." Oh, well, we need to stop here. All right, uh, I got yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> I get it. Uh, the, the Eagles definitely do need to score more points than the Chiefs. We got it. We got yeah. it. We understand that part. I don't know All if right. you guys talked about it, but did you guys see uh, someone ask Sirianni this week if this was a must-win? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> well, I I saw like the headline, but what would you would you have his exact quote? In I hand? saw that he I saw that he, he said, said yes. it was a must-win. Yeah. I, I didn't know that it was an actual question. That that's that whoever I need to find the reporter that asked that. That's a Do great they, question to ask. They give media credentials to anyone at the Super Bowl. Like <laughs> I see some ridiculous stuff coming out. Imagine of you get media credentials and you're like, all right, I'm gonna get one question here. I gotta <laughs> yeah. come up with I gotta come up with a good one. That's what I'm saying. That's a funny one, though. That's yeah. that's fucking that one will live forever. That will live forever. Yeah, that's that shit's hilarious. All right, thank you guys. Enjoy the Super Bowl. Peace out. <laughs> <laughs>